This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all bring a Bible with you tonight. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8. If you can find that opening in your Bibles. We'll be looking at some things here. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're living in some great days, you guys. Now, a lot of folk, you know, that might not be their persuasion, but I tell you what, praise God, uh, we're standing at the door on the threshold of his soon return. Amen. And while we see a lot of things going on in the world, I don't know why um, sometimes we get so stirred up about all of this because Jesus said all these things would come to pass. You know, the disciples there, you know, before his, uh, his suffering, they ask him about it. And Matthew records about two chapters worth of uh, things that Jesus said regarding, um, you know, the end of the age and his return and all of those things. Luke in chapter 21 gives us an entire uh, chapter as well. And so Jesus talked about uh, the different things that we would see, and we are sure enough seeing those things. And so he's coming again. Praise God. You know, I was thinking about while we were worshiping God, you know, he, uh, Jesus said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. He said, if it weren't so, I would have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. We usually hear this at a funeral, you know, <laughs> that's usually where you hear this. They use this as a text, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that you may be where I am, that you may be with me where I am. Praise God. So heaven's coming, you guys. Glory to God. And so uh, we need to rejoice. Now, (laughs) there's a few things that, uh, you know, we may have to deal with between here and there, but I tell you what, praise God, he's faithful, and he'll watch and take care of his own. Amen? Amen. Yeah, praise God. So anyway. All right, did you find Romans? Chapter 8, there somewhere in your Bible or uh, device or whatever. All right, let's pray and uh, let me share a few things with you tonight. Father, we're just so grateful for your, your holy written word. We thank you for the promises, Father, that are found therein. We're also grateful, Father God, for your indwelling presence. Father, your spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. And so we just thank you, Father, for the life of God that is in us as believers. And we thank you for your mercy and your goodness toward all of us. As we look, Father, into the perfect law of liberty tonight, I thank you again, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. And more importantly, Father, for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe all that you have said and declared. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now there's a lot said in these, just these two verses about the redemption that we have in Christ. Paul was writing about, you know, in the uh, book of Romans, the theme is righteousness, how to obtain righteousness. You know, a little later, he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that Israel might be saved. He went on to explain, you know, that they have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. 
because they're going about trying to establish their own righteousness and they have not submitted themselves to the righteousness which is of God. And he said, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all of those that believe. In other words, when Christ came, he paid the price. He fulfilled all of the righteous requirements of the law. That's why we heard him in his last breath speak the words, it is finished. He came to do the will of God. Amen. I was staring off into space this morning. My wife was looking at me like, I wonder if he's awake, conscious, or just what his state is. But I was thinking about something that Jesus said. You know, um, of course, it's breakfast time. You get hungry, you know, for breakfast. How many of you really like breakfast? How many of you don't care about breakfast? My wife, she don't care about breakfast. And that's, that's kind of sad, you know. <laughs> Amen. About 10, 30, 11 o'clock, she starts kind of coming around. Amen. Well, anyway, I'm thinking about it, but Jesus said, my meat or nourishment is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So the ambition that Jesus had was obviously to please his father and to do what was necessary to give his life as a ransom for all. So when Paul is writing here in Romans, the eighth chapter, he said, there is therefore now no condemnation or contemning sentence to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God the guilt is gone, the penalties have gone, all of the punishment is gone, and thank God it's all because of what Jesus has done for you and me. And he, he goes on to explain, for the law of the spirit of life, everybody say the spirit of life, that is in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now I'll talk a little bit about this, these matters of law here in a moment. But I tell you what, when you read this scripture again, once again, we see this incredible grace this power and value that you and I as believers have the privilege to be able to experience, to be born again. None of us could have imagined the door that would be open to us when we gave a heart to Christ. Amen? I mean, I sure enough didn't know. But I tell you what, praise God, when I gave my heart to him, obviously everything changed. The guilt of sin was gone. And praise God, I was on a track that I had no knowledge of, really, you know, I didn't know anything about the plans that God had for me. I was just glad to be saved. How many of you can agree with that? But as we look into the Word of God, we begin to discover that there are things that Christ provided in redemption for us as believers. Now, you know, of course, you know, it, it takes us a while sometimes to get our head wrapped around some of these truths. You know, if you've grown up in a religious environment, then you end up having to unlearn some things. And if you've, you know, uh, lived in an environment of, uh, you know, what would you call it, uh, non-irreligious, if that's the right way to put it, you know, well, then you've got your own set of things that you have to, you know, rethink and, and change and get straightened out, praise God. So that's why later in this uh, letter that he wrote to Romans, to the Romans, he said, uh, I want you to present your bodies, I beseech you, I urge you because of the mercy and grace of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. 
Yeah, to be changed, glory to God, by the renewing of your mind so that you'll know what is the good, the perfect or acceptable and the perfect will of God. Think about that. There's the good, there's the acceptable, and then there's the perfect. I tell you what, I want the perfect, amen? I want God's best. How many of you want God's best? Well, the way that happens is, is for you and I to find out or discover what the Word has to say and to renew our way of thinking. I don't think like the world used to, th- you know, like the world thinks. I may have used to done that, but I don't anymore. Hallelujah. Why? Because I know my Redeemer lives. And I know, praise God, that my life is in His hands and that He'll keep me, praise God. I read repeatedly throughout the Scriptures that those that feared His name and that walked with Him, He always keeps. He always upholds. He always delivers. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about that, you know, and, and uh, you know, that guy went through some stuff, you know. I mean, he was, you know, punished on a lot of different uh, levels, but you know, he said, the Lord delivered me out of them all. Hallelujah. And he went on to explain, praise God, that he will yet deliver me. How many of you trust him tonight? I mean, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I'm telling you, God is able. He's capable and he's willing if he'll just find people that'll believe him. Hallelujah. You know, reading in the Old Testament, you see where Daniel, different ones, the three Hebrew uh, guys that ended up in the fire, I mean, they all came out, hallelujah, but they trusted God, you know. You know, when that deal with Daniel, when he come up out of that lion's den, you know, God, you know, the Bible says that the king made a decree, said there, there's nobody, well, actually, this was the three Hebrew guys, This says there's nobody that can deliver after this sort. You know, when you get into a fiery furnace and the very ones that threw you in were consumed and you walk around, there's a fourth man there with you and you come out, you know, without the smell of smoke or burn or anything else, that's pretty, pretty spectacular, isn't it? Well, that's the God we serve. You know, you suppose he might do that for you? Well, you know, he hasn't done much for me lately. Well, you might want to get that straightened out right there. That'd be, a, that'd be kind of an important place to begin. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, praise God, people that believe God are blessed. Well, you're blessed anyway. You know, whether you believe him or not, you're blessed. You know, a lot of folk are blessed. They just don't know it or they don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they miss out. But what a game changer. Being born again. I mean, what a change that occurred within our lives. You know, sometimes we don't think about you know, our conversion and being born of the Spirit of God, the decision that we made and, and, and the outcomes, I mean, the transformation, uh, the change that took place. You know, uh, my wife and I, we, uh, we got saved yeah, probably within a month or two of one another. And, uh, and then we went along for six months. We were just happy to be saved. And then after about six months, we were introduced to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then we got filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, before that, we thought, you know, this is the greatest thing since sliced cheese. And it was. Hallelujah. To be born of the Spirit of God. But then along comes somebody and gives us a, a, a greater understanding of what it is that Christ has provided those that believe in Him. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about how, uh, a, uh, see, was it a Priscilla and Aquila, you know, uh, when they were... Uh, 
ministering, uh, the Bible talks about they ran into a bunch of believers and they spoke to them uh, uh, with regard to the ways of God more perfectly. And actually what they were talking about is the simple fact, praise God, they said, yeah, it's good to be born of the Spirit, but you know what? You can be filled with the Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. Glory be to God forevermore. Amen. You say, well, what good's that? Well, the Bible says that you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's not a mental edification or a building up. It's not a physical thing that happens to you. It's a spiritual edification that takes place when we pray in the Spirit. Glory be to God forevermore. Amen? So thank God for these things that God has provided for us. In this verse of Scripture that we're using as our text, he said, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has freed us from the law of sin and death. Now, you know, there's a lot of lawlessness and disobedience and stuff going on in the country right now. People are getting away with all kinds of stuff. Well, they're only getting away with it for a while. Did you know that? Sooner or later, man, I'm telling you, chickens are all coming home to roost. And it's not going to be good. Are you with me? Amen. Because the Bible says that we reap what we sow. But thank God for the child of God, for the believer, for the one who knows him. And I mean, you know, walking in the light. I'm not talking about being backslid, messed up. Hi, Al. Glad you could come. You and your wife getting along? You, you're on the same wavelength? Okay, everything's good? They, they came separately, I think. And uh, so I just want to make sure that everything's okay. You know, you can pastor from here if you want. If you do it now, then I got it taken care of. You, you with me? Not that I'm really concerned about Al and Lisa, but you know what I'm saying. Amen. It's always nice to check out. No. You rode in the same vehicle? What, was you sleeping, taking a nap? What are you doing? She's in here about three deep on a couch that seats two. You know, and uh, they had some serious kumbaya going on in the foyer there. Amen. Well, anyway. The Bible says that you and I are a chosen generation, that we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a purchased people. Did you know you've been purchased? Hallelujah. That we should show forth, the Bible says, glory to God, Amen. The praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God. You know, John, when he was writing about this, this is coming from Peter's uh, letter, but when John was writing, he says, he says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. It, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, we'll be like him, for we will see him as he is. So there's things God has done for the child of God that ought to make you just want to shout and rejoice in the goodness of God. We just talked about it, to, or sang about it tonight, about the goodness of God. That you should show forth the praises or virtues of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past was not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. Put one hand up toward heaven. Just thank him for his mercy. Glory to God. Father, we thank you tonight for your mercy. 
<coughs> we thank you that we are your people, the very ones, Father, you purchased with your own blood so that we could have this life, glory to God, this new life that is found in Christ Jesus and enjoy the blessing of God because of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, I talked to you a little bit here earlier about the, notice it says, for the law of the spirit of life has made me free. Everybody say, I'm free. From the law of sin and death. You will never, as a child of God, you will never experience what it is those who do not know Christ are going to experience when it comes to hell and damnation and being lost eternally. But there are, you know, there's an eternal kingdom that you and I cannot see. Jesus, when he came in the, in the uh, Gospels, he, he came to reveal that kingdom. He came to reveal a, a, a heavenly father. The people that he was ministering to had never known anything about God with regard to God as a father. He was, you know, Jehovah. He was probably more considered as an austere judge. So Jesus comes along and starts talking to them about their heavenly father. They didn't know about being born again, of course. But I tell you what, praise God, everything changed when Jesus was resurrected, amen? So, so he came, and, and when he did so, he came again not only to reveal the Father, but he also came to reveal a heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of God. And it is an eternal kingdom, which functions according to his divine order, and within it, there are eternal laws. There are God's laws, and they don't change. Are you listening to me? Now, again, while you see a lot of things going on in the world, don't be deceived, because I can tell you this much, all disobedience will be judged. Are you with me? So, you know, you see the lawlessness, you see the disobedience, you see all of these things that are going on, you see where others, you know, when they turn their head and, and ignore what it is that's going on when they could be doing something about it, they will stand in judgment for that. Why didn't you, you know, be, well, I don't have time to get into all of that, but the reality is, is that they're going to give an account, okay? You know, but Jesus, he said, you know, he'd say things like, well, you know, where, with, with what shall we compare the kingdom of God? What shall we liken the kingdom of God unto? And then he would go on and begin to speak of some uh, earthly or natural um, um, story, tell a story that, that you and I could relate to when it comes to the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And so he was revealing the function and the, and the operation of the kingdom of God. He said that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You know, a lot of folk, you know, they, they hang their hat on their works and what they eat and what they don't eat and what's right and what's not right and all the legalism that goes along with that. And he said the kingdom of God isn't like that. It doesn't function that way. He said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's such a freedom that is within his kingdom. Glory to God. But those eternal laws, and, 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 and here's the thing you have to understand about God's eternal laws. They are absolutely um, real, and they are inescapable. Are you listening to me? What I mean by that is simply that, you know, uh, some folk, you know, uh, they think that, you know, they're getting by with this, that, and the other, and uh, not so much. 
So again, the, these, these eternal laws and their outcomes are inescapable. You know, God made statements like, once I've decreed a thing, that's it. You know, there is no change. He said, I am the Lord. I don't ever change. So that's why he wants you and I to have faith in what it is that he's promised. If he said, listen, I'll take care of you. If he says, fear not, I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Then baby, you can go to the bank on it. Are you listening to me? And a lot of times, of course, you know, there's things that go on in our lives that make us want to question all of that. But the reality is, praise God, he's faithful. When those three guys came up to that furnace and they were standing there to be escorted into it, don't you think at that moment they may have had, you know, an opportunity to just, you know, flinch a little bit? But thank God they stood strong. Thank God for their character. Thank God for what they believed. Thank God that they knew in whom they believed because he delivered them, and he'll do the same thing for you. Glory to God. Amen. You know, I tell you what, it's always the darkest before the dawn. Are you with me? You might be in a tough spot or a difficult place or whatever, but I tell you what, if you keep your eyes on God, he'll take care of you, and he'll see you through, and he'll, he'll put you over. Glory to God. You know, I think about Balaam. Remember Balaam? He was a knothead, you know, you know, there was a guy, I can't remember what his name was, maybe Zadok or something like that. He was, he, he, he was, he hated Jews, you know? I mean, the devil hates Jews and has done that forever. It's, you know, I mean, it's always been that way. And he said, these people, they come up out of the captivity of Egypt and they're up here, you know, and they're all over the place and I want to get rid of them. I want you to, I want you to curse them, you know? <laughs> and so Balaam goes, dude, I can't curse them, they're blessed, you know? And he said, no, he says, I'll pay you. You know, there was like two or three times that he came, you know, that Zadok sent people to try to get him to curse uh, God's people. You can't curse what God has blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. blessed. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what the devil says. He can't, there's nothing he can do. Glory to God, he's a defeated foe. So anyway, you know, uh, Balaam, he... The second time he came, you know, basically, I think Zadok, you know, kind of upped the ante and said, well, I'll give you, you know, this and that and the other. He said, man, if you gave me a house full of silver, it wouldn't do any good. You know, there ain't nothing you could do about it. They are blessed. And in the scriptures, the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Now listen to me, think about that in the context of our text. For the law of the spirit of life has made me free, everybody say free, free from the law of sin and death, amen. So it says, uh, hath he said, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he has blessed and I can't reverse it, amen? I mean, you know, uh, Zadok did get him talked into going down there, but his donkey had to have a conversation with him. Listen, you know, if you, I mean, we're down on a low level if that happens, okay? Yeah, see, uh, so if you're a child of God, how many children of God do we have here tonight? If you're a child of God, you are blessed, and that cannot change. Now, I know 
There are a lot of people who name the name of Jesus that are born of the Spirit of God, and really their lives aren't blessed. But there's reasons for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's reasons for it. Maybe it may be a lack of knowledge. It may, may be because of disobedience. It may be because of an offense they have in their life and bitterness or unforgiveness or something, you know, has gotten a hold of them or whatever the case might be. But that's, that is not the intention of heaven in his kingdom. It is not the intention of our heavenly father. Amen. Now, you know, again, people argue all kinds of things, but I'm telling you what, I'm sticking with the word. And the word of God says, praise God, that if you'll walk in the light as he's in the light, you'll be blessed. Huh? Come on now. Don't you think being blessed is better than all the rest of it? Amen. Glory to God forevermore. One of the ways to stay blessed is to stay out of other people's problems. Huh? Have you ever noticed that? My wife and I, we say it all the time, man. Hey, not my circus and not my monkeys. Amen. Passez-vous. You know, amen. Because a lot of folk, they like to drag you into their stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But we just have to say, well, you know, I'll help you if I can, but you got to come up here. I'm not going down there. Are you listening to me? Huh? Come on. Glory to God. So anyway, uh, if you're a child of God, you're blessed and that can't change. Now, if you're not a child of God, listen, you're not blessed. You're not. People that do not know God are not blessed. Why? Because of the law. Everybody say law. The law of sin and death. Because it brings a curse. You could take two people, set them side by side, one of them can be a child of God, the other one not. And I will guarantee you, praise God, that that child of God will rise to the top. The cream always rises to the top, right? Amen. I mean, if they're obeying God, God will bring blessing into their life. But if you're under the curse of the law of sin and death, man, it just seems like you, they can do the same things, but life is different for the believer than for the non-believer because they're under or living under a curse of the law of sin and death. Amen. And they could be good people. I mean, decent people, you know, and whatever. But if they don't know Jesus, if they haven't surrendered and bowed their knee to his lordship, then they're outside the canopy or the umbrella of God's blessing. But thank God if you've made him your Lord, then, you know, things change. And there are, and, and again, I'm, I'm talking to you about these laws of God's kingdom and their function and how that they, now it may seem one way, but I will guarantee you that in the end, his law will prevail. Are you with me? This guy by the name of uh, uh, Stephen Scott wrote a book, The Richest Man Who Ever Lived. He made this statement, he said, just as there are physical laws that govern the physical universe, he's talking about the book of Proverbs, he says that Solomon reveals laws of living. Laws of living that invisibly govern all aspects of life. And he says, it doesn't matter how you feel about these laws, whether you love them or whether you hate them, whether you choose to ignore them or not, they still exist and they will govern your life. Case in point, you know, the law of sowing and reaping. You know, when... when uh, Paul was writing there to the Galatians, he says, 
do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. There are these laws, you guys, and they function. You know, in, in laws of living or whatever, we, use the, we, use, we usually use gravity because everybody can relate to that. I don't know if you'd notice it, but gravity seems to have gotten a little stronger lately. Have you noticed that? Maybe you haven't. Okay, well, anyway. Actually, it's all the same. It's just something else. We can find some kind of an excuse. But uh, <clears throat> the law of gravity, it, it is a, 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 a dynamic, physics dynamic that functions within this earth. And that is how we determine, you know, weights and things of that nature and so on and so forth. And the thing is, is if you, if you violate it, uh, you run the risk of being harmed, right? In other words, if we all get up on top of the building, it's about, I don't know how far it is up there, 29, 30 feet or something like that and jump off. That probably wouldn't be a real smart thing to do because there's an outcome that awaits you. You know what I'm saying? And, and the thing of it is, so, so it's better to use a ladder <clears throat> in case you're wondering. But you know, if you ignore it, you say, well, I ain't going to put up with that. I ain't going to listen to no law of gravity. You know, I can just do whatever I want. Well, yeah, you can. But there's consequence. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, you know, of course, you know, there are other things, you know, uh, that, that can supersede that law. That's why we have aircraft, you know, that fly in the air because of, you know, the, the laws of aerodynamics and different things of that nature. What's that guy's name? Bertinelli or Bertinui or whoever. Whoever this, huh? Yeah, that guy. Uh, he figured out how to, you know, get lift underneath a, a wing, you know, by making the bottom of it flat and the top of it curved. And what it would do is it would create pressure underneath, you know, and the pressure underneath the wing is what lifts it, you know, because they're not going at the, they're not, well, never mind. Anyway, it works, okay? That's what all we guess we need to know there. But so, <clears throat> so you can either, get in line with gravity, or you can lose out because of gravity. The same thing's true when, when Paul was writing about the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, it's an eternal law. And you and I fall underneath it because of the blood of Jesus and because of our surrender to him. So no longer does the law of sin and death, praise God, any longer have any dominion over you. Everybody say, thank God. Hallelujah, because you've been set free. And so, and, and here's the thing you need to understand about the law of sin and death. It is inescapable. People can't, that's why God sent Jesus, because there was no one who could pay the price for sin except him. And he was willing, and he did it for you and me, so that, thank God, we could be freed from the consequence and the penalties of sin and of death. You know, glory to God. You know, and the thing is, people don't get it. They don't understand it. That People don't understand that they are born into sin. You know, by our natural birth, we're born into sin. We, we have the nature of sin in us, 
and the only way it can be removed is by being born again to receive everlasting life, glory to God, to be changed from the inside out and to become, as Paul said, a new creation in Christ Jesus and all of the old stuff passes away and thank God all the new has come. Glory to God. Everybody say hallelujah. I'm telling you what, that's what happened to you. Amen. Yeah, but my life's a mess and I got all this going on, you know. I don't know why my neighbor's so cranky. Well, maybe somebody else is a little cranky. It's just a thought, you know. You have to, don't mistake the experience that people are having in their personal lives with what it is that God has already provided for them. They may be just at an impasse. I mean, there's, there's something that they don't know. There's something that is, there's a disconnect. That's why, you know, we move from faith to faith and from glory to glory. That's why we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's why we do whatever it takes to get where we need to go so that we can understand what we need to know and make the changes. You know, Brother Hagin talks about, you know, the Bible says in uh, Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And he pastored for about 12 years, nearly 12 years, and God called him out into what we refer to as field ministry, traveling ministry, going from church to church and preaching and things like that. And he went out the first year, and, and it was terrible. It was, I mean, he wore his car out, sold it for junk. You know, the tires were wore out on the thing. When he was pastoring, now this is many, many years ago, he made maybe $3,600 a year. Well, he went out the first year and made 1200 bucks. So he makes a third of what he was making, plus they provided him with a parsonage and, you know, some different things, a lot of other, you know, compensations that came along with pastoral ministry. And he said, Lord, he said, I'm out here obeying you. You said if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I ain't eating it. My kids aren't, you know, uh, properly clothed. They're not being properly fed. And I'm out here endeavoring to obey you. And he said, well, your problem is you don't qualify. Now, understand that this is a, uh, over a period of time, and he's seeking God. You know, uh, you, you get down in the weeds, man, you'll start seeking God. And so he's seeking God, and finally God speaks to him and says, well, your problem is you don't qualify. He says, what do you mean I don't qualify? I'm talking about how people have problems in their lives, and they want to blame every other thing, and they want to make all these excuses. And a lot of times, dude, the problem is in the mirror. Am I in the right house? Now, the thing is, people don't like to hear that. But it's the truth. Because God said, glory to God, that he would take care of you, that he would bless you, bless the work of your hand, do, yeah, I mean, however you want to describe it, and all of those things. But sometimes, you know, we got to find out what, the real problem is. So he said, you don't qualify. He says, what are you talking about? Lord, you hit me a low blow is what he said. You know, he says, you know, I've been, I'm out here, you know, and I'm beating up the highway and doing all this and missing my family and all that. What are you talking about? He says, well, you're, you're obedient. All right. You're doing what it is I told you to do, but you're not willing. Well, you gotta gotta understand. I mean, that's real and that's valid. Now he's away from his his family, and you know, and and doing all these different kinds of things. And how many of you know you can kind of cop a kind of an attitude sometimes? Sure enough, you know that sometimes you know when it comes to obeying God, there is a sacrifice. And so he said, uh, <laughs> he said, well, I can tell you right now, don't tell me it takes long to get willing. 
because he said, I got willing in about five seconds. And he repented and asked the Lord to forgive me. He said, God, you know I'm willing. The devil knows I'm willing. And anybody else that's interested knows I'm willing because I want to eat the good of the land. And as soon as he made that little adjustment, everything started to turn around and things started going up. Are you with me? But a lot of times when we look on the face value of what's going on in people's life, well, surely, praise God. I mean, you know, if there's anybody that loves Jesus, it's them. I mean, you know, they're, they're this, they're that, they're the whatever. Well, that's all good, you know, from, a, from an outward appearance, and thank God for that. But I'm just saying that there are things that go on in people's hearts that you and I got no knowledge of. So before you go deciding that God doesn't know what he's talking about, it might be best to just say, Lord, you know, I don't know too much about this whole deal, but I know, praise God, that you're true. Huh? Are you with me? There's a lot of things that way, things that we don't understand. Uh, I tell the story one time, you know, that my wife and I were the ones that were for lunch uh, on a certain occasion because of a, a situation that occurred in a person's life. They died prematurely and they didn't get healed. And so we didn't realize that we were the ones that, you know, were going to be lunch. We thought it was a nice get together. And, um, and so um, I'm basically being interrogated about the whole situation and how come this person died. We believe God, you know, and all. And I didn't know. I mean, you know, I was 20. I, I bet we were in our early 20s, maybe something like that. And uh, I didn't have all the answers, but I knew God. And finally, you know, they kept pressing me and, and we would talk about different things, you know, and sometimes you can't reason with people. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, try as you may, praise God, you're never gonna change the whole deal. And finally, they, they pinned, pinned us down pretty good and, and then finally, glory to God, the Spirit of God, God came up on the inside of me and uh, put everybody in place and we went home, amen. Because I basically said, listen to me, I don't care what you think about all this, and I don't have all the answers about it, but this is what I do know. God is still God, and he said that by the stripes of Jesus, we, redemption was provided in healing. I don't know why the person died. A lot of times people want things for someone else that you can't give them. You know? I've been in situations with, you know, in pastoral ministry, you know, where, you know, you're trying to, you know, encourage people and move them along and try to get them to a place of faith, and, and they're, they are not interested. So you might as well just save your, your, your breath and just get them prepared the best you can, because in certain circumstances, they're going to die. Are you listening to me? Now, is it the will of God? Probably not, you know? He said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I believe that God's will is for us to live out the full length of our days. Here down below, praise God. Now, of course, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. And again, there are a lot of different reasons why, and I don't know, how come I'm all on, on yeah, all off on this. But the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Huh? That which is revealed belongs to us and to our children forever. We don't know everything, but thank God for the part we do know. So when I know, praise God, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death, baby, I'm hanging on to that. 
I'm embracing that. I am working to understand what that means where my life is concerned so that I can enjoy heaven's best on this earth, glory to God, and not be moved by all the things that the rest of the world is dealing with. Amen. So we can rejoice in that. Amen. Praise God. So where was I? Kind of went off on a rabbit trail there. Um, Oh, I was talking about the law of sin and death and how it's inescapable. You know, people aren't going to be able to stand before Jesus and say, hey, I've been baptized in water. I get a, I get, here's my, here's my card. This is my get out of free, get out of jail free card. You know what? Jesus isn't going to care about them being baptized in water. They say, hey, I got a membership down here on the corner, you know, in that church right there. You know, I'm a member of that church. Jesus does not care about your membership. But you know, people are hanging their hats on the fact that they've been baptized in water and they're a member of a church. But I can tell you this much about it. If you don't surrender and bow your knee to Jesus Christ, make him the Lord of your life, you're not going to heaven. So there are a lot of people that are in for a rude awakening because they have been told that if you'll do all these things, then you'll be, you'll be good. Certain denominations, you can actually try to buy a person's soul out by giving the church money. What do they call that? Huh? No, 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 no. It's, it, there's a name for it. Um, I can't think of it right now. But anyway, doesn't matter. Well, what a, what a deceiving, pitiful doctrine to try to extract money out of people so that you can, you know, feel better about whoever it was that wasn't quite living right or whatever the case might be. I have to think about that. What is that called? Huh? Indulgence. That's it. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Get a load of that. Who come up with that deal? You can't find it in the Bible. Huh? It's been a different kind of service tonight. (laughs) Amen. Well, anyway, I'm glad to be redeemed. How about you? Let's look at another verse of Scripture. Hallelujah. Turn over to Galatians chapter 3. Y'all glad you came tonight? Talking about a a few different things here, but uh, um, I think it helps us because, you know, there's, there's, as, as we continue on in these last days, you guys, you're going to have to keep your head wrapped around what the Word says. Because there's going to be all kinds. Of, there already is. There's so much confusion, you know, about some of these things. That's why, praise God, thank God for His Word. You know, yeah, thank God for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, notice this verse. Again, uh, we just have a few minutes here. But uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing, everybody say blessing. The blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So it says that Christ 
has redeemed us. He's not going to. He has redeemed us. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. redeemed. Yeah, you're the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank God I am redeemed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Hallelujah. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles. That's us. Hallelujah. Now, notice it says, if you go on the rest of this chapter, look at the 29th verse. It says that if you be Christ's, again, how many believers do we have here tonight? It says, if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And I tell you what, praise God, if I'm an heir of Abraham, then I'll tell you what, I am blessed and I've been redeemed. Abraham was fairly blessed, wouldn't you say? Huh? You know, one of his servants, you know, was sent and uh, his testimony to the people that he was sent to is, is that God had blessed his master, Abraham, greatly. Hallelujah. You know? And, and that just goes to show you that, you know, if you're, if you're Christ and you're Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to that same promise, that you're blessed. You say, well, I don't feel very blessed. And I got a whole lot of things, you know, in my pocketbook that says I'm not blessed or whatever. But that, does, that still does not change what God has said about you. You know, sometimes you got to cl- climb a ladder one rung at a time. A lot of folk, they want to go from here to there, and that's not the way it works. Are you listening to me? But I tell you what, surely as I'm standing here tonight, that if you walk with him and obey him and follow him, I'll tell you what, you're going to go up, not down. Are you listening to me? And it takes some time sometimes, but praise God, you know, <coughs> he's still true to his word, amen? Amen. So he's redeemed us from the curse of the law, and we, praise God, have been redeemed. So when it says, and we won't have time to get into this, but you read Deuteronomy 28. That's your, uh, that's your assignment for tonight. When you go home, get ready to retire and go to bed, you read the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And in that book, it has the blessing of obedience and the curse of of the law for disobedience. And thank God, you know, that curse of the law, man, I mean, it's long. I mean, the first 14 verses are the bless, but then you get up to about 68, 970 verses, the rest of them, it's not so good. And you could just say, thank God, I am not in the latter part of that chapter. (laughs) Amen. But you know, if you look at it, praise God, you can find out real quickly that there comes with that the curse there comes with the curse, uh, separation from God, spiritual death, poverty, sickness, and disease. You know, you read in the scriptures that if you keep his commandments, do that which is right in his sight, and so on and so forth, that you'll be blessed coming in, going out, and all these things. And again, we don't have time, but read it. It'll bless you. And say, praise God, I'm part of the first 14 verses. Amen. Amen? And you can be blessed. So anyway, thank God we're out of time. I got to quit. I mean, I could keep going. You could probably sit there, but uh, for the sake of everybody, uh, we won't do that. Hallelujah. Let's just obey God, shall we? In these last days, let's keep our heads screwed on straight. 
Amen? Don't be getting taken up in all the junk that's going on in the world. It'll find its way. Amen? You know, and whoever, you know, right now, I mean, the big deal is with uh, Afghanistan and the debacle, you know, that they got going on there. And, and um, you, you, the thing that we don't know about uh, in these circumstances, and, and um, there's so much we don't know about. And there's really no reason for you to trouble yourself with it at all. Maybe they wanted the country to collapse. You don't know. There are things that are going on in this world that you and I know nothing about. You know, the God of this world is orchestrating his plan to bring destruction upon this earth. But I can tell you this much about it. No matter what it is he tries to do, praise God, the kingdom of God will prevail. Are you with me? And so... You know, I don't know, and uh, you know, I mean, they they have all their plausible deniability. I mean, that's their that's their go-to, you know. But again, let me assure you that every one of them will stand before him, and they will give an account for what it is they did or did not do. Amen. And that's where our confidence has to to rest. Amen. Praise God. Well, anyway, so much for that. Let's stand up, everybody. Praise God. Say, make this confession with me tonight. Glory to God. Say, Father, Father. I want to thank you tonight for the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have freed me from the law of sin and death. I call myself blessed. I thank you, Lord, that I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life tonight. Help me, Father, to discover your word in a better way, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, I want to thank you for those that are watching online, these that are here tonight, Father God, and I thank you for the deposits that's been made within us, the truth that sets men and women free. Thank you, Lord, for your peace that passes all understanding, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. Glory to God in the Holy Ghost. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in every one of our lives as we move forward, Father, in your plan. I want to thank you, Father God, for moving us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. We call ourselves blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Praise God. You may be seated.